The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gilcast. You're either listening to this on the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast feed or the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Nate Noling and Sammy Reed. Uh, if you guys like to come into the shows where we lose, gonna be gonna be a bad show. Um, Nate pretty much had the the cash game nuts, and I think say uh, I, I I don't know about your results, Sammy, but uh, I think we both ended pretty clearly in profit i do think um hate very much pains me to say it i i do think i don't think nate played the optimal team but i do think he played better than than us that's that's where i'm at yeah he did he did one thing that was really mentally strong and we'll we'll go over that um yeah but yeah Two, two uh, things. Nate, two Nate's, things. Nate's, Nate's, Nate's signaling that he did two Two things. One of them, the results weren't there, but the process was. Uh, yeah. yeah, not sure about that one, Chief. Let's let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So the Gilcast scores. Nate scores 187.32. He plays Tom Brady, Antonio Gibson, Jamal Williams, Cooper Cup, Hunter Renfro, Chris Godwin, Foster Moreau, Sony Michelle, and the Dolphins defense. Uh, Sammy and I each scored 174.08. We played Gardner Minshew, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, Brandon Ayuk, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Foster Moreau, Sony Michelle, and the Raiders defense. Clearly what Sammy and I fucked up was the combination of uh, mentally weak paying for a $2,800 defense instead of just punting defense so that we could play Hunter Renfro instead of Brandon Ayuk. Not that, not that, uh, the Ayuk Raiders combo was like, oh my God, I can't believe we did that. It was the dumbest shit ever. But clearly Ayuk and any punt deep or clearly Renfro and any punt defense um, was better than, because it, 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 there was no reason to play the Raiders defense. Ne- neither of us felt strongly about it. No, um, no. It, it, it was just a mistake. It was just it, bad. It was, it, it was just bad. And I mean, Renfro is just so, so, so mentally strong. I mean, it was a clear just a clear spot, right? With Waller out and Renfro just gets like all these targets and we, uh, yeah. He's just, he's like Julian Edelman, dude. That's he's yeah. just like West coast Julian Edelman. Like he's locked in. To, he's never like what, like he's just getting, uh, when's the last time he got less than 15. So I guess week 11, but he, I mean, he's averaging 15 fantasy points per game. He's had two games in single digits all year. Um, he he was a he was a better play straight up than Brandon Ayuk and it was oh yeah Bra- Brandon Ayuk is we a did. cuck and and he was getting shut out for most of this game and we we were lucky to get any points out of him honestly well yeah, I, I I don't think Brandon Ayuk was a bad play don't get me wrong he wasn't I, bad I just, he wasn't bad it just context, wasn't as good though, like yeah. there's literally a guy who in cash games you. Like I just think it's 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 expected value it's positive expected value long term to get the guys who are going to get targets. I think we love in the fantasy community to overrate the talent, the upside, and I get that Brandon Ayuk is more exciting. Like, yeah, Hunter Renfro doesn't make it move a thirty whatever he is old white guy with balding. Like, yeah, on Derek Carr versus uh, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I get the upside that's there, but at the end of the day, in cash games, like 
these are 17 week seasons where we play how many weeks of cash games? Like it is, it is just a plus expected value long-term to take the guaranteed volume. And there was nobody who could have told you going into this game that they thought Brandon Ayuk was going to get more volume than Renfro. Hey, what, did, what was, what was Renfro owned? Um, Bigly. But yeah. He was in the $25 double. Up, I mean, Ayuk was, Ayuk was also, Ayuk was also huge on Sammy. Our team was a huge train. Huge and- train. Huge train, but the even bigger train was our team with the Steelers defense instead of the Raiders defense, which would have been that's a six point difference, which would have been like a clean sweep for you and I had we played the Steelers defense. Um, we we lost by six points to a huge train, like like one of the most duped teams I've ever seen. So right now I'm looking at the the giant twenty five dollar double up, uh, starting at four oh two all the way down to. There, there were like, there were like over, there were like over three, five percent of the entries played our team with the Steelers defense instead of the Raiders. There was almost a combined like ten percent of the field that played the exact same lineup minus D. Like, yeah. so Ayuk was nearly thirty-eight percent owned. I think he in the twenty-five dollar double up, he was the third most owned wide receiver. And and, and Renfro I, was a slightly less owned at thirty yeah. percent. And I get it. I mean, I think, but I do actually think like long term. It, it does make sense to play the guys who are going to get the target volume, even if your upside projection on it is a couple points less. Like in tournaments, I played more Ayuk than Renfro, unless it was a Raiders stack. But like, yeah, I just think in cash games, it makes sense to play guys like Renfro. Well, and and look, I mean, George Kittle had like 50 fantasy points and uh, him and Ayuk were like basically what the projections were is people were projecting those guys to kind of split that middle of the field role. And it just all ended up being Kittle. It just was all, it was just was all Kittle. Yeah. But like, when you just think of a Las Vegas offense, who, who's going to pass the ball, like San Francisco's pass attempts versus Las Vegas pass attempts, the overall target share, how comfortable Derek Carr feels with Renfro, like the target projection wasn't even close. No, you are, you are completely, you are completely 100% correct. Renfro was better. However, I do think that, the Jamal Williams play was way thinner than you thought. And this was why Sammy and I did what we did, which was we played, uh, uh, I mean, it really was a two V two, but it ended up being the four V four was Brady, Jamal Williams, Renfro dolphins versus Minshew, Jonathan Taylor, Ayuk cheaper defense, but really it was a two V two. You know, I think the, the, the wide receiver three DST stuff didn't play into it that much. And Jamal yeah. Williams played 47% of the snaps. Godwin Igubuke played 39%. Jamar Jefferson played 11%. Jamal Williams was targeted one time in this game. Jamar Jefferson was targeted once, and Igubuke uh, was targeted twice. And I, I, I'm not saying that Jamal Williams was bad, but you're you are about to I be. Am. But Nate, am, Nate look, is look, look, bro. You you go to the candy store and you got all these delicious. You know, you got your payday and. You know, you got your, you got your hundred grand and Nate just, I mean, we just had all these awesome running back values everywhere. And Nate reached for a poop and unwrapped it and ate the poop. And, and that was not as, it's not as, no, Sammy, Sammy, this is a bad truth. The truth is the truth is in the middle. No, the thing, the thing is, is by Sunday morning, Jamal Williams was not in optimals anymore for a lot, for a lot of people. Because I think people overrate matchup, they overrate team efficiency, uh, and other things like that when it comes to running backs. At the end of the week, at the end of the day, last week we saw Jamal Williams uh, get 15 targets in five uh, or 15 rushing attempts in five targets. 
I had him projected for 65% of the rushing attempt share with a 14% target share. At 5 point whatever K he was, 5.4 K, that is a positive expected value play long term. I understand it didn't work out this week. But and- but it, it is it is in a vacuum, but I think in the context of all of the guys at the running back position this week, I think he is a break-even play at best. And and dis- the, the thing disagree. is, he- if you get a guy, if you get a running back at that at that price who's gonna see 65% of the rushing attempt share and 15% of the targets, he Long term, you will make money jamming in those touches but he had, and fading efficiency, team efficiency, and and team totals when it comes to running. But back he had the lowest games. floor. He clearly had the lowest floor out of Sony, Eli, Gibson, Madison, Connor, Fournette, even Sanders. Uh, no, Sanders has a lower no. floor. Sanders has a lower floor. Yeah, because because Sanders I think goes Eli's out floor every day. That's I think that's Eli's floor is potentially. Lower based on the passing stone stone disagree. He's getting like 30 touches a game. Stone stone disagree. There cannot be based based on the passing work. There was no way that we could have assumed that last week, Eli Mitchell's targets were sticky. He was the, he was the only, he was the only running back who got a target in this game for the San Francisco, San Francisco has shown that, 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 that is not a part of their offense where DeAndre Swift literally has shown to be like, that's yeah, but what, Jamal Williams is not DeAndre does. Swift, bro. He got five targets last week in the like. He, and 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 were all of the running backs active that were active this week? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Jamar Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson was the healthy scratch last week. But Jamar oh. Jefferson wasn't. Jamar Jefferson ran like four snaps or something. The, it was. The but I mean, Jamar Jamar Jefferson was the one in. Uh, no, Bouquet was the one who took all the work. But Igu but Jamar Bouquet Jefferson like was the, the one who stole the snaps in the game that um, the game we all played DeAndre Swift and he, he sucked. I don't even remember who it was against, but Jamar Jefferson was the one who stole the work there. I, yeah. I don't know. I, there's San Francisco, you know you know San Francisco you know with he Jeff was, Wilson. He was 5.4 five, five and you, and you get what you pay for, you know, you, you get what you pay for. I, 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 I agree. I, I disagree this time, but long-term, I think if I continue to make plays like this, which I have my entire DFS career, it's profitable in cash games. Well, yeah, I, I, I what, super... what Davis is saying and what I'm saying is that, is that I think on a normal slate, it's, it is totally fine. Like he was not total, play, total in, jam, in the context, total jam on a normal slate. Yeah. yeah. In, in the context of like, there were so many great running back values. And I think originally before it, it, it was clear that Henderson wasn't going to play a role. Well, and we before all... before Minshew became playable, Jamal Jamal Williams is a total jam if Minshew is not playable because because of the salary savings that he provides. Total jam. Well, it made... here's here's my top four running backs of the week. I had Sony as the number one, like very clear. I had JT. I had Antonio Gibson, uh, and then I had Jamal Williams, Eli Mitchell, and Fournette. To me, I. I did look at Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor obviously was a smash play. I like, I'm never going to like say that's a bad play. I just think at the end of the day, when you can get three running backs with that workload of Sony, Antonio Gibson and uh, Jamal Williams, and then get the Tom Brady, the Chris Godwin, the Cooper cup, like that's the way to build lineups long-term in cash games on DraftKings. like jam in as many touches as possible, get the upside from the receivers and don't flake out on if you miss at wide receiver, it like kills you. And so I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, but Nate, you you looked a gift horse in the mouth with with Minshew because Minshew Minshew yeah. is is 
Minshew is not a good quarterback, but compared to some of the other 4K quarterbacks that have been played in DK history, like Deshaun Kaiser, uh, who is the other one that people played this year? There was another one. Justin Fields? I mean, there's been bad quarterbacks. Yeah, Fields. Remember that week, Sammy Galaxy Brain is lined up with Mason Rudolph? Like, Minshew is, is like multiple standard deviations better than those guys. And he was playing the Jets and he runs a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I do think you guys ran well with Minshew. I get the process. No, no, we, no, we, we ran, ran we, we ran, ran bad. We ran he, bad. He had like 150 and two at the half. Yeah, he had, the Eagles, he had the Eagles are these cucks he was, like like you he play was a guy in Madden for, who starts running the clock out in the third quarter. That's the Eagles. Like we ran he was bad like, there. He like didn't throw an incompletion until the second quarter. He ran hot. At the end of the day, to get that from that level of quarterback, you guys ran hot. At the end, I mean, of the, honestly, like, Nate, there's just no way to deny that his efficiency. You could not have said that you projected this efficiency going in. I I had him projected for 17.6 DraftKings points, and he got 18.7. So, I I think he ran honestly. He got right about to expectation yeah. and had had one thing. You know, had the Gainwell touchdown been a passing touchdown, had. The, I mean, that game looked like it was going to be a shootout for a little while. Are you familiar with the with the metric that ETR uses? They have a model. It's it's called the PSM. Are you familiar with it? Okay. Gardner Minshew pops in that. I do not co-sign this. I'm not one of these Gardner Minshew people. But I thought, also, by the way, I do think the difference between a $4,500 quarterback and the $4,000 quarterback is something that we don't appreciate. Like, Mason Rudolph was a $4,500 quarterback. Fields was $4,800. Like, the stone men quarterback like, I, sometimes, like, if he gets 15, sometimes it's, it's fine. Now, yeah, in, this, I, in this slate, this was a super high-scoring slate. Um so, so I like, I don't, there certainly the Minshew play get goes worse than the Brady play does a lot of the time, but the, the upside of getting Jonathan Taylor over Jamal Williams, over Eli Mitchell, over James Connor, uh, felt pretty good. And J, I mean, JT ran bad. It was the first, it was, this was the first game in his career that he didn't get a target. So you lose, you lose a little bit of that floor. And they brought in the third string running back to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter instead of letting him get it. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, you guys did the JT Minshew combo over Jamal Williams and Tom Brady. And, Brady. and for me, that's basically, that's basically the two B. That, no, yeah. that, that's for me, not, one that's of those... not what I would have done. Okay. But, but what, for I, me... what I honestly would have done is, is not played uh, Jamal Williams still and not played Cup. You would, yeah, you would have played, you would have played Deontay. Yeah. But essentially, and, and that's that what our 2v2 smash. was. Essentially, that's what our two v two was—the IU Renfro thing, whatever. We've debated that, but essentially, yeah. you guys, you guys said I think the floor upside combination of JT and Minshew is better than Tom Brady and Jamal Williams, and that's where I would just say like one of those feels very clearly like GPP oriented. One of those feels very clearly cash game oriented. See, like, I think Tom- I think JT feels way better for cash because you are basically eliminating any uncertainty. JT never in his life is getting less than 20 here. Never, ever in a million years is he getting less than 20 against the Texans. They get, they, they, he no, rushed I the ball. Tom Brady. He, he rushed Tom the ball Brady 32 times this. against the Houston Texans, who, by the way, uh, I, I hate to get my hand in the dirt in this, but the the thing that finally got me off because I had the Brady Jamal Williams team for most. Tell, of the tell week. me, tell me it was tell me it was middle linebackers that cutting him. Yep. it was it no. was the middle it was the middle linebacker middle being linebacker. inactive, and that's why I went Jonathan Taylor. Because <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just need a Hand psychological. In the dirt. 
you sometimes <laughs> you just need a psychological reason to decide something, right? Like you kind of want to do it, but you're undecided. And sometimes your brain just needs a pattern to attach to. And that was the thing that my brain attached. I was like, I, I think I saw Thorman tweet about. It. I think Thorman said, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. This this guy's out. That's going to have an impact on their run defense. This this and, is incredible. And you saw, and you saw uh, Eric. Did you see that Eric Kendricks was out though for Minnesota? No, I don't know who oh, that is. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the best linebackers. Should have got you back on Jamal Williams. <laughs> the last thing I'll say on this on this discussion is just. I think overall the fantasy industry, and I get like, this is what we do, is overvalue context and get prideful about our ability to analyze a slate in a vacuum versus at times, it's just as simple as like, play the most touches in your lineup, be a profitable cash game player. And I think at times we overvalue context and our JT, JT got the most, got the most touches of any running back. 32, buddy. 30 we like touches. We like touches. Fading guys like Jamal Williams at his price long term does not seem sharp. I would say, I would say in general, average week where we have like five running backs that we're considering, I can totally buy that. In this week where there were, I I think we had 12 positive value running backs on DR. Um, ETR had even more than us um, because they were a little bit, they were a little bit higher on Gaskin than we were. I, I, I just I I don't I don't think that Jamal Williams play was bad. And I don't but, obviously but he, I don't but, but but you spend the money on a quarterback. You spend and and you're talking about us running hot with Minshew. I mean Tom Brady threw for no, no. It's not Tom Brady running in, hot. In, this is in, who Tom Brady incorrect. is. Yeah, it's just what it's just Damn, what the Bucks like, want to do. No, it, it, clear, clearly he was a really good play, but to have like every single one of their touchdowns go through the air is like it, it's they really they they lead the NFL in Pass uh, pass to run ratio and in, in, in not not in general but in the red zone they they are the most pass rate over expectation team in the red zone in the NFL because they want Tom Brady to win the MVP Brady wants to win the MVP we like we we just all know this and yeah. he's and he's going to win the MVP he is going to win the MVP yeah. yeah um so is there anything I mean didn't consider for a second swapping off Sony didn't consider for well, a second. Well, let's not talk about that. Foster. I thought that was really interesting because uh, Daryl Henderson was ruled active. And here's, here's the thing is that, you know, the sharps figured out and, you know, I was out like doing family stuff and I'm, I saw it on Twitter and I texted Davis and Davis is like, no, it's fine. Like they just have them active. I, I, I do actually think by the way, looking at ownerships and tournaments and in cash, I do actually think some people swapped off of him. Do I, he was more widely owned than I thought he'd be. I thought more people would jump off of him. What so, do you think was, was driving that? So I'm like, looking at the red, I'm looking at the red zone and I see him at 25% in the big red zone. Um, when he was the number one points per dollar value on every site that does projections. And I'm looking at the giant $25 double up and Sony was less owned than Gibson. Um, and Gibson obviously is, is it was, you know, a, a fantastic play too, but I actually do think some people, uh, maybe, maybe five to 10% of people swapped off him because Henderson was active. Because if you, if well, you were just playing that straight, if you, if you were just playing it straight up, um, he was the, the best play on the board. Yeah, I agree. But I think there, I understand why his ownership was the way it was as you're building. There's no swap options. At, at it was, it was Pat, it was Pat Fryermuth or Deshaun yeah, Jackson. So, and I think in this week where we talked about so many running back values and everything else like that, I understand why some people 
at 11.50 are like, if I don't have clarity in this situation. Well, there there was another swap out there where you could get you could swap off Cup and you could play uh, Deontay. McLaurin. De, Deontay and someone. I think I think maybe um, some other wide receiver. Some, some other decent wide receiver. I, I don't remember the exact swap, but it was, De, it was uh, Cup to Deontay and then Sony to some like 6K guy. I think Mitchell. Oh yeah, yeah. It was probably. Yeah, I, I looked at a swap. I thought it was like McClure, It was like Cup to McLaurin and Mitch and Mitchell over Sony or something. But yeah, there weren't a ton of swap at that specific price tag, and so I, I do think I understand why people like faded because ultimately you're just analyzing news. Like, but if but if Henderson, if Schefter tweets at uh, nine forty five Central Time, Daryl Henderson's not only is he not the emergency back, he's just out. Sony's going to be like 80% owned 80. Yeah, I, sure. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that was, that was one of the things. Let's see. Uh, yeah, he, ended, he ended 43% in cash right around there. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I have the ownerships. I have the ownerships pulled up right now. So we also all played cup who was only 42%, um, which is, is interesting considering that he's Cooper cup and, and uh, you know, got, got the bonus scored a touchdown it was looking kind of tenuous there for a second, though. I think he had zero catches in the first quarter. I think I think he had I think he had two for thirteen before the last drive of the second quarter. Actually, if this I, is why he, Cooper Cup is just a stone goat because he was yeah. getting shut out and we were tilting our faces off because that that chucklehead, whatever, like number eighteen, that guy like caught a thirty-five. Oh yeah, Skaronic Scar- got on the board before. Yeah, before yeah, Cup. yeah, Skaronic, the jabroni. So he. He's, he gets 35-yard pass, and Cup's got nothing, and the Rams are up, and we're like, this is really bad for Cup. And then, you know, I go vape for a minute, and I come back, and Cup has the bonus and a touchdown. It's so great. That Cup ownership is just shocking to me. There's no other high-priced wide receivers that were like – there's no digs. Justin no, Jefferson was 13%. But, like, Minshew was 30%. I'm surprised Cup wasn't way higher. Like, I don't know how people – like. It, did either of you guys consider Devontae Parker? I see that he's 14%. He he not, was in like I remember not looking in cash. I, 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 I remember looking at our optimals and he was in like optimal number like 53 out of 150 or whatever. It was, it was just it was just the way the slate broke down where I did have him in some GPPs as like the as as my salary saving guy. Um, because he was popping in models, but like at the end of the day, all the value was in running backs. So you want to spend at receiver, right? You you're getting this free money. Like you don't want to, you don't want to punt and have a guy who's coming fresh off of injury who can really just tank you out when other people are getting points from such luminaries as Brandon Ayuk, right? So, yeah, I, I did not consider Parker in cash. Yeah, I. I how about I Godwin getting really seven? Either. How about Godwin getting seventeen targets? Like, yeah, that that was nice. Yeah, obvious Fif- plays, smashes. It's, 15, it's 15 for 143. This is such a different thing about DFS now versus like five years ago is like Godwin coming off that bad game would have been like way less chalky. Yeah. But now but now everyone just knows, which is a little unfortunate. Was definitely was definitely a prove it week, though. I thought I thought if you if you played anyone other than Brady or Minshew at QB, you were dust. Um honestly, I think if you played anyone other than Cup. Godwin, Ayuk, Renfro, or T as your as your wide receivers. I think it was not great. And uh, honestly, I think if you didn't play Foster Moreau, you, you just don't get the mechanics of the game. Like I obviously I think Moreau is an awful tournament play, but I I think that um 
I think that he was just stone cold optimal in, in cash. Yeah. And he yeah. was, he was like 70% in cash or something like that. He was so highly owned that even though he had a bad game, like we, we weren't stressing on it at all because it, it kind of didn't matter. Yeah. And I mean, he was um, still, I mean, he was so owned in tournaments, 40% on Moreau in tournaments. Just, Oh my God. The, so bad. There's, there's still an edge. Why are we playing cash? Like, why are you playing cash? We have these fish out there playing Foster Moreau in GPPs. Because people Nate, don't play Tom Brady in cash games. Nate, Nate, um, Nate did it. Nate, Nate. I think I think your team was good, but I think that what you did at tight end was bad. So why don't you you go through your red zone team first? Well, one second. I I want one more cash game. Did you guys consider Javante Williams at all? Like, why were we not? Sir, Nate. he was in the night game. Nate, sir. Oh. <laughs> He would have been, he would have been, he would have been, uh, he would have been more owned than Sony. He would have been, he would have been, he would have been 95% owned. Probably people love Javante. That was, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. Um, all right. So red zone, uh, what was my team? I did. I had Brady doubles everywhere. It's just like, hold on. I was, I was like, he's just, he's just, he's just looking at his spreadsheets and he sees all of Javante's expected points. (laughs) Yes, I'm like looking at running back. I'm like scrolling for Javon Williams. And I'm like, oh crap. What? Javante? Why didn't I think of Javon? Yeah, like it. Um, all right. Uh, what team? Okay. Oh, wait. Should I do the Moreau team that you guys roasted me on? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I did a, I mean, I think I only really played two like stacks. I did Brady stacks and then I had some Vegas stuff. Um, uh, so my, I mean, Brady was just a smash play this week. So I had, um, in the spot in the spot, I had Brady Evans and Godwin as the stack with Russell Gage as the bring back. Um, I knew yeah. that, um, I knew that Mike Evans and Russell Gage were going to be really low owned. I thought, I thought Evans was going to come in at single digits. He came in slightly over, but I, I mean, I, I was very confident Russell Gage was not going to be owned. Um, so I thought I could get a little more chalky with, with running backs. So I went with Jonathan Taylor and Sonny Michelle, one other leverage spot that I felt good about, especially with Minshew was Miles Sanders. I thought Miles Sanders was going to be the, I I played him a little bit. Yeah. I thought Miles Sanders was like the same play as Elijah Mitchell, except like a fifth of the ownership. Yep. Um, a guy who's not going to get a ton of pass work, but I actually thought he had more pass work and cheaper and better ownership. So I thought Miles Sanders, I felt like I had plenty of leverage. So then I figured, uh, then I followed it up with, uh, Moreau and Raiders. Um, and oh my God, I, Nate, Jesus. Okay. Here's the thing at tight end to fade a 2.7 K guy. I have to find someone that I feel extremely good about like their upside and outside of Kyle. You just, Pitts, you just cannot be playing 40% on punt tight ends, dude. You can't, you can't be serious. Bro, can't be, James, James O'Shaughnessy is right there. Like, yeah. Okay. Easy game. I easy game, dude. I, so O'Shaughnessy, I disagree. O, I disagree. Separate from the same, f- he had the same volume projection as Moreau. Uh, he just, he had, he, you, this is, this is like your thing, dude. It's he had the same volume. He just was projected for worse efficiency because he's on the Jaguars. Yeah, you have I Dan. Have, you, I didn't have Arnold at two point six, and he's not owned. Like, how, how do you? He 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 led. He led the Jaguars in targets. I see that, but I didn't have him that close. I it was it was giving up like two or three points of expectation. Would, would, at no, a position I, that I, I had him. To. I had him three points worse too, but I had them for the same. I I think literally the same market share of the team's targets. 
I, I was, I would you, I, have, I would you have yeah. played $2,600 Dan Arnold? If he, if Dan Arnold was 2,600, would you have played him over Foster? Of course, Monroe? Of course. I mean, I'd have to look at my projections, but probably, but wait, but, stop, oh, I, I don't want to get into Dan the Mike. Arnold. I don't want to get into the Mike. I want to, okay. At a macro level at tight end, <laughs> unless I have a Kyle Pitts or a Rob Gronkowski or someone that I think can actually separate from the field at tight end. Yeah. George Kittle, bud. Okay, that doesn't you can't do that in this lineup. I only had 2700. I wouldn't have been able to build this lineup if I got up to one of those guys. And so punting off at tight end, taking the 44% owned guy when you know that the rest of your lineup has enough un- leverage and enough spots. Uh, yeah, no, completely you guys, unforgivable. Un- un- unforgivable. You guys just get blinders on. I I don't No, it's it's it is it especially when you know that you have the most owned double stack. It's not the most owned double stack. I had the I had a 4% own bring back that after the morning games went off. I had no reason to get more leverage on this lineup. I wanted to be as highest projection possible because I was in fourth place after the afternoon to take a three point expectation loss. When you know, you are nowhere near duped. You are like, how many, how many many points, how many points did you have after the morning games? I was in fourth place or something. Nate, Nate, you're saying you don't want to get into the weeds. You want to look at it macro level. Macro level is playing a 40% punt yeah. tight end in tournaments. Is, it's just bad. It's not going to, it's not going to get there. It's not I mean, I, I, I see the point that Nate is making that like his lineup to, was to good, give up so expectation just so that you can have a low owned guy at a tight end position where uh, it's just, you're not going to separate there. It's it's I, I'm not getting Kyle Pitts where I have a 20 point. I have a potential I see to it. run away. You guys I are just it, I see take the 10 ways. points. What was your what was your flex in that lineup? Michelle. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I don't I So, so I was like in the, fourth the, place going into the afternoon games with Foster Moreau, Sony Michelle, and the Raiders D. And I had a four percent owned Russell Gage. I had a uh 10% owned Mike Evans. I had the nut double stack with a Jonathan Taylor bring like and Miles Sanders. I had it was a 220. There was no reason to get more leverage. Like, why would you give up projection just so that you can like I just, come uh, on a honestly, show and be like, Oh, I was, you, I got to get, you got to get the, honestly, leverage, I just didn't, I just didn't build any teams with to, to even have them in price tight end. Cause I thought that was the edge this week. I thought, I thought the edge of this week was just building lineups to be different than that. Yeah. And I guess that's, fine. I felt like the edge was getting as much Brady exposure as possible, finding other ways like Miles Sanders, like Russell Gage, uh, like, I, I mean, I'm, to also, get, to get I'm different. also different. I'm also different in that way because in the, in the smaller field stuff, like in like the $12 and the $27 single entry, I'll do the most owned double stack. If I really think it's really good, which I did this week, but in the 50, the hundred, the double spy, I, I just like, when I go to go make those teams, I'm basically like, players from that offense that is going to be the chalkiest i don't play them like a huge um chunk of the time that's yeah i mean i get it It i'm looking i'm looking at the team that that won the red zone this is so funny so it was a Minshew goddard stack but the guy did it in the reverse he played kittle at tight end and he played goddard at flex so like he Strong. he he, he, he set it up he said but he he also played Mike Evans and Chris Godwin so he did he did um he did that to uh to get off of Brady you know let me Literally. let me just say Nate you're you're talking about giving up expectation for ownership blah 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 like you have to understand like GPPs are not a spreadsheet game it's a little bit more of an art and 
you know, that's that it cost you. You had a good team, but Foster Moreau, tough scene. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sammy, what was your team? Um, uh, in, I don't know, I did a bunch of single entries. Okay, I did a Stafford double stack. So one of my favorite things I did, I went I thought, Stafford. I thought this was good. I thought, yeah. I thought this was a good angle. Yeah, I did Stafford, Cup, and Van Jefferson, and I brought it back with O'Shaughnessy. So I thought that was a just a good natural way to go because Sony was going to be widely owned. And so I wanted to uh, have exposure to the Rams passing game and Moreau was going to be widely owned. And so it was really natural to get O'Shaughnessy as the pivot there and also the bring back in that double stack. Um, so I, I really liked that angle, did it in a lot of lineups. My running backs went with a three running back builds. I went Madison, James Connor, and Josh Jacobs. Um, and you know we uh, we debated the Josh Jacobs on the uh, on the Swolcast Davis. Um, but I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, I was I was on the Jamal Williams side. I was with Nate. I know. I yeah, love the I'm, I'm, I love the Jacobs that, in tournaments though. Yeah, I'm expecting that PayPal transfer. Um, go Josh Jacobs, nine targets and a touchdown. We love to see it. Um, and my cheap guy, my cheap receiver in this lineup was Josh Reynolds. And I played, I did in fact play this. I think that's fucking terrible, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, And I played, I played uh, the Steelers defense in this lineup. So it it actually did not cash. I think I scored 158.7, but that was not going to get it done in this, uh, in this, in this day on this high scoring Sunday. Um, But I like the, but I like the ideas behind it. You know, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, you really wanted to, there was so much running back value. I didn't play Antonio Gibson in any tournament lineup. Um, I didn't play Foster Moreau in any tournament lineup. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I had uh, a sweat again, again, didn't get there. Actually, literally the exact, I've gotten eighth in the big red zone with 6,500 people twice now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I played, uh, let's see here. I played, this was a just, I, all week I did a full cast and everything. And I said, I want to do, uh, I want to do Justin Herbert doubles. So I played Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, T Higgins as, uh, as my bring back. And, and this is the part that I, I wanted to talk about. Cause I actually think it's interesting. So Wait, I played is, the, is it that we played all, you played all of our, uh, troll cash game players like Keenan Allen and, <laughs> T. Higgins and they just, no, I played, that's the move. I, I played the three chalkiest running backs. I played uh, Elijah Mitchell. I played Antonio Gibson and I played Sony Michelle. The reason why this lineup, uh, the reason why I had a sweat, I mean, obviously T went nuts, but uh, George Kittle had 42 DraftKings points and the Lions defense at 2% owned got five points, which is whatever. It was just the only way to make the lineup work. And uh, I mean, I, I thought that the Bengals chargers game was like the obvious, uh, you know, uh, way to get past uh, the the Brady chalk. I thought George Kittle was the best play at any position this week um, because uh, to, to get my hand in the dirt without Debo, J- Jimmy cannot throw outside the hashes at all, literally cannot do it. So he can only throw in the middle of the field and either Ayuk or Kittle was going to have to get the ball that way. And obviously I got super lucky uh, what Travis Homer scores on a fake punt touchdown and just in general, the Seahawks, uh, I mean, they scored 30 points. It was like that, that was like more points than they had scored in their previous three games with Russell Wilson back combined. Uh, but but 
do you guys think that with 11% on Herbert, 9% Keenan Allen, 4% T, 5%, uh, 9% Mike Williams, 6% on George Kittle, it's fine to play the three most chalky running backs, or yes. is that still yes. a bad look? No, that's yeah. totally okay. I think it's that's good. That's the crux of the conversation, is when you get off at certain points, can you take – the highest projected plays in other spots? And the answer is yes. Like, I mean, the answer is yes, but I think it's different than a min price tight end. Like that's, I, I think that's, and, and a 70% like min price tight end or 40%, I guess, in tournaments. Like I would rather eat the chalk on running back because the projection is so less fragile. It does, it does feel, it does feel like also um, tight end range of outcomes are much wider. Like running backs are very rarely getting four and um it feel, and and also you know there are just more playable guys at at run, at running back so it feels like creating the differentiation in points at tight end because they're not accessible um you know anywhere else like it feels like getting like getting 10 point getting a tight end that outscores every other tight end by 10 feels like a huge differentiator I would, I would agree with that but that only happens at the top end that only happens with the george kittle kyle pitts Tra- travis kelsey right guys which changes your whole build so at two point whatever when you only have that you're not separating from the position in a meaningful way so don't take the loss in projection because you have a chance to bury yourself and you don't have the same upside that that leverage gets you where at running back you actually can at 5k separate by 20 points from the field you cannot do that at tight end like that's just not happening james o'shaughnessy isn't scoring 25 points like, yeah but 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 if, so you're taking but if a, o'shaughnessy gets 10 and moreau gets five that's that's still leverage like yeah. five points is a big deal in tournament lineups yeah i mean if kittle if kittle so they are you know they had fourth and goal from the three or whatever if kittle catches a touchdown on that play i get second for 25k i'm not bitter it's fine it's fine but <laughs> but but kittle could have manned up a kittle little could've. bit in this game right? <laughs> i mean kittle look kittle just if you get 55 DraftKings points it's it's uh you know that's like half a bitcoin for me so you know no I actually had eli mitchell scored it would have done the same thing or i think i would have gotten third um had eli mitchell scored so thanks thanks these, jimmy these days it's probably more like 0.75 bitcoin i haven't checked, yeah but 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 I, I agree, and, and we talked about it on the Swole cast, that George Kittle was, in fact, one of the best, probably the best in retrospect tournament plays that there was because he created... Not in it. retrospect, in, in previous spec. I told you on Wednesday, I said he's the best tournament play. Uh, buddy, I was touting him, too. I was not... Yeah, uh, yeah I was... I, I should have played I should have played fucking Jacobs in this lineup. I, I know, was I know. It had been mentally strong. Um, yeah. But, I mean, just just think about it theoretically, where Mitchell was was going to be highly owned, and Ayuk was going to be highly owned. So, and Moreau was going to be highly owned. And Kittle and, is the best player on the team anyway. Yeah, and Kittle's a stone beast. So it, it all made sense. The 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 the, the reason know, why the, dirt. the yeah, reason Mitchell, why Kittle wasn't so good. The reason why he wasn't more chalky with no Debo was one because there was an, a very obvious roster construction this week that everyone did with the Bucks doubles and, uh, you know, Rams doubles, uh, even, even, um, I mean, you know, 11% Herbert, 9% Keenan, 9%, uh, Mike Williams, like those were, those were pretty popular as well. And it was just very hard, uh, to fit an elite tight because people wanted to play Jonathan Taylor. People yeah. wanted to play Alexander Madison. People wanted to play Fournette. Um, so it was, it was just harder to get there and you had to punt, you had to punt defense and, and how, I mean, how owned was the $3,300 dolphins? I'll look right now. 
uh, I, and, and I also agree they were they were twenty seven percent owned, so people were still really trying to pay up for defense. Yeah, that's that that's also so bad. Uh, but I I also agree with Nate that Miles Sanders was a tremendous yeah. tournament play. Like, I, I played I played Miles Sanders in my Buccaneers double as that as that leverage point. Yeah, yeah, in pretty much all of my leverage like projection statistics stuff, it's almost all running backs because it was so it condensed the field condensed so much at running back this week. And there were so many good running backs that like Miles Sanders was literally the top of the sheet. Yeah. And, and can I just, I mean, Josh Jacobs, I also thought was a really strong tournament play because Antonio Gibson on the other side was going to be really widely owned. And then Moreau was going to be owned. Renfro was going to be owned and Jacobs. I mean, really this, this pass game role of his is, is really growing in a way that I think is kind of being under. And, and Jalen Richard was inactive. Exactly. So I, I thought, I mean, he was, Josh Jacobs was 0.7% owned. Like, I mean, I, I, I was, I was really happy with that outcome. Yeah. I'm also I'm also looking at um, some of the double ups and the reason I, I to go back to cash I just our our shit was so duped Sammy that we chopped so that we 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 cashed but we were getting like twenty four dollars back oh yeah yeah it double was, up uh, yeah I, I didn't we, realize that we get our rake right refunded now. for this it'd be cool yeah. if we did yeah um all right do we want to do we want to look at some of the salaries for next week and then get out of here sure yeah. So what, what I need to do is see what Deontay Johnson is because like my brand is just taking a complete hit in the not, butt. Not on the main slate. Ah, oh, tough. Um, so Tampa Bay and Buffalo play next week. So there's your, there's your every, you know, everyone will, I, I where guess. Do pending, they, where do they play? In Tampa Bay. So okay, no weather. Good. I was going to say. Yeah. Cause this game, this game on Monday night is going to be rough. Uh, San Francisco and Cincinnati play. Um, oh, Seattle plays against Houston. So we'll have the, you know, do, do we believe, do we believe in the semi rust resurgence? What he got? Oh, I was, I was going to say, are we getting a reboot of Adrian Peterson and cash baby? Let's go. He is 4,700. <laughs> uh, the saints play the jets if, and Kamara is 7,900. Sheesh. Yeah. I mean, uh, no with, Cooper with Cup on the Mason main Hill slate. in there. He's he he's been borderline useless. I don't think you can pay for him. I don't I don't see any like nothing is leaping out to me right now. It's like oh I I gotta I gotta jam that guy. Well, I mean C CPAT is under seven uh, k. He just he just gets there. I mean he got he got twelve points yesterday without a touchdown, and he had a touchdown in his hands that got ripped out by the defender. So so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I know that uh, I know that Melvin Gordon. Um, probably has a decent chance to play, but Javante Williams will 5, be the all-time chalk. He will be Antonio Gibson levels uh, if Melvin Gordon does not. What, play. what about what about Amir Abdullah, forty-eight hundred dollars against the Falcons? What what are people going to do there with the timeshare between him and Hubbard? That seems kind of interesting because Abdullah is yeah. playing all the passing downs. What's the pricing? Forty-eight hundred. Dang, Abdullah would be interesting to me more than Hubbard. Saquon Nate. Barkley is down at six thousand. <laughs> it's too, too, too expensive. Yeah, too expensive. <laughs> um, I think Rex Burkhead for four point six moves it more than uh, Saquon for six k. Lamar. Well, Burkhead we, didn't get the workload that we would have expected. They like that was yeah, a weird what, game. They, they were probably using like like uh, Jalen Samuels was in there getting touches. 
It was I mean, weird, they, they I scored, they scored thought, dude, they scored zero points. It's like, it's I actually like, thought Burkhead was an interesting sprinkle in tournaments. Yeah. Um, but he, let's see, what did he, I mean, they just had like no success. Yeah, Royce Freeman possessions. saw Royce Freeman saw more snaps or more, uh, I guess. Yeah. Jalen Smith, Royce Freeman. It was a three headed monster. I'm already, I'm already getting bad vibes from this slate, to be honest. Yeah. CD, is... CD, uh, Amari Cooper is 5,900 though against uh, the Washington football team. I like that. So he'll be, he'll be, he'll be there. Well, um, he's, he's less expensive than Hunter Renfro as he should be. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek, Tyreek at $8,500 is interesting because the Chiefs are just so fucking gross now. Like, I don't think, I actually don't think he'll end up being that popular. I, I'm, I'm getting bad vibes from this. I'm, I'm shutting this down. We need to, no, I mean, we need, well, well, here's this the is thing. not good. We need some injuries. Nobody wants to play the Chiefs anymore because the narrative is that they the don't, the, buddy, the Chiefs don't even want to play the Chiefs anymore. They don't even <laughs> want to, they don't even want to be themselves anymore. I, I, may, I, may be into, I may be into uh, recalling the Chiefs double stack on this slate. Yeah, no thanks, dude. All right, I'm, we're getting out of here before we start touting Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, who's now well, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback 16 since week six. No thanks. All right, it's everyone, nice. thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back next week.